All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Full Time Out Podcast with your coaches, Bruce and Mike. Today, we have a very, very special guest, a good friend of mine. Coach Mike just met him, but he's a very good friend of mine. We got Tanner Roquette. How you doing today, Tanner? Good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Um, you know, I've already, I already feel like I've known Mike for years. Right. You know? <laughs> And they, they literally just met because, like I said, Tanner's my friend. I'm claiming that uh, Mike, Mike, <laughs> Mike gets no no glory in this. But hey, um, hey, me and Tanner got a lot in common, man. We got y'all do. Pops, that's the crazy part. NFTs. That's why I gotta claim him. That's why I gotta claim him because the way they just talk for ten minutes makes me feel like I don't know Tanner. And I've known him for like six years. So. Uh, Tanner, just just tell the audience real quick a, a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, tell them about your job, your life. You know, anything that you want them to know. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I'm. You know, uh, nice to meet everybody. I'm Tanner O'Cat. For anybody watching, uh, you know, I'm 28 years old, married, have an almost two year old. Yeah, uh, he's crazy kid, bounces off the wall. Uh, you know, he's, he's definitely going to be taller than Bruce. That's for sure. <laughs> and you know, Mike, by default. And Mike, and Mike. We, we by default. That. Uh, but no, all jokes around. I mean, uh, you know, my background's kind of interesting. I've been fortunate enough to go from, you know, waiting tables, like starting in the mall to super fine dine waiting uh, all the way to Microsoft three years ago. Really due to some success habits that I developed over an extended period of time. Uh, now I spend the majority of my time kind of opening doors for people to resources that I've actually been connected to across a couple of different areas, finances, relationships, personal development. Uh, and, you know, when you have connections and kind of you, you have experience like that going from, uh, you know, waiting tables to such a prestigious place like Microsoft, as it's seen right in the public, I, I feel like I kind of would be doing people a disservice that I meet not to give back not to connect them to some of the same resources that I have. So I feel like I, you know, I, I kind of have an obligation and I've almost taken that on as kind of my purpose uh, in life is just to continue to open doors and leave every conversation better than I, you know, better than we started. Cool beans, bro. I told you, audience, you are in for a treat. Full time our podcast might start the clock. All right, so you, you told us a little bit about yourself. Um, and, you know, I noticed that you said that you have this, like, inner obligation to give back to others and stuff like that. So, you know, why do you feel that way? And, you know, what exactly does that look like for you? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great question. Um, you know, I'm not going to get super uh, faith-driven on it, you know, right but uh whatever you believe in uh you know it, that that's great you know I, i'm all for you know believing in something uh but obviously we're we're taught right and our creator has been teaching us to go out there and give back and uh, usually that's taken in one certain way but you can almost say that you're supposed to be doing that for everybody right not just your own community and your own people uh you know that you're close with you're supposed to open up to everybody and uh, bring other people kind of to the promised land and pull people up, not bring people down trying to get to the top. And that's, that's just kind of what you see today. 
So I kind of feel an obligation because I don't feel like a lot of people are actually out there helping people get to where they want to go, whether it's with their vision, their family, their finances, uh, maybe they're in a, you know, in a terrible mental state, uh, you know, and that's, that's a, that's a real thing right now. And I think, uh, I think I can be one person that's, you know, has a good heart and is out there actually wanting to, you know, help people. Uh, in any way that I can, right? I mean, I, I think people underestimate the power of smiling. So the mask, the mask thing has been tough because you get to read from right here. Facts. Right. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. Um, so I've taken that on myself and I know I'm not, I know I'm not alone, but that's just my purpose right now, uh, you know, in life. And it's, and, it, and it's a lot of fun. I meet a ton of great people uh, from all walks of life. And, um, you know, my friends are plentiful. So- Definitely. So like, so why is that so important to you? Like what, what brought you to that realization that's, that's something that you wanted to do? Cause somebody did that for me. Um, you know, you're, you're talking to somebody that has, uh, you know, a, a real interesting background, right? You know, I went to, I went to the school at Alabama. Uh, I was friends with a lot of football players. They knew me for, uh, you know, certain reasons that weren't quite legal. Maybe they were illegal. I won't go into any detail. <laughs> yeah, I won't go into the, any detail, but you could probably kind of put some, uh, you, you put two and two together, right? So anyways, that, that, that's kind of where I was at. And I think a lot of people were there, especially in the college years, you kind of get caught up and uh, you get caught up in the FOMO and you want to, you want to hang out and you want to fit in. And um, it wasn't until I actually met, you know, I, I you know, I, I met an ex-Alabama football player that really connected me to some pretty successful people that we're on a whole nother level. You know, I've been connected to people that have, you know, have the income that I want, but I've never been connected to people that have the time, the relationship and the income that I want. And when you get connected to those type of people, um, it, it completely changes your mindset and you start going, Oh my gosh, like I've had tunnel vision in the completely yeah. wrong direction. Right. Right. But you don't know because you don't know anybody that's living a different life. Right. So until you Absolutely. actually meet somebody and they shake your hand and you're like, this is different, then you'll realize that I need to make a change and you got to level up your squad. And that's kind of what you got to figure out, you know? Yeah. Who, who going to make the team and who not. Yeah. Right. So I, so in those moments and uh, you know, I was 21, 22 and I could easily said, I don't need this. Right. I don't need to get coached in these areas. And um, you know, I learned a lot from my, uh, from my dad and, you know, he had created a lot of success and, uh, but, you know, family can only take you so far. You got to make your own mistakes. You got to make your own decisions. And I think that's really cool. And I made some decisions and, you know, I upgraded my squad and I still love all the guys I grew up with, love them to death. Uh, but, you know, I kind of traded out, right. I made some trades. I was like, well, you know, I want to be, I want to be the Luka Doncic. I want to be, I want to be the LeBrons. I want to be yeah, the Jordans. Right. I mean, that's real. That's real. Yeah. And I, I, I want to be on a championship team. And, you know, as you see in basketball, they when you level up your squad, you go a little bit further. That's true. I told I told a friend of mine, um, this is back in high school. He was a high school friend of mine, but I told him this, you know, probably four or five years ago when I started to get serious about learning about my finances and, and, you know, credit and stuff like that. I was telling him, I was like, dude, in school, I feel like I got an A, you know, I did school. I got two degrees, you know, I got my high school diploma and stuff like that. I said, but in reality, in life, 
I'm failing. Like it's it's bad. So that's real. I mean, it's just the truth because we're taught to be what workers. Mm-hmm. You know, even even me and Coach Mike, like we're coaching right now. You know, and we're coaching a sport though, so that is a little bit different than what you have going on because you're talking about coaching as far as like finances and you know building person to person relationships especially being a little bit more difficult in a tech driven world you know right. so how do you relate the two like what are some similarities that you think translate to the sports world and what are some differences of your coaching that doesn't translate to the sports world? Yeah, I mean, I think they're really similar, but I also think they're different. You know, I grew up playing baseball, soccer, football, and then I really stuck to baseball and football, and I kind of leaned toward football. And actually, real people don't really know this about me, but I, I tore my labrum, and my arm would actually come out of socket multiple times. All the time. Yeah, I know you know that. Yeah, Coach Mike, did you know that? No, but I, okay. <laughs> I, did, All right. I know just, that. Just, I did not know just, that. Just trying to build my friendship back up. So, so because, <laughs> because of that, I kind of made an executive decision for myself without coaching uh, and without asking any permission. I'm, you know, uh, 13, 14 years old, and I have this problem, and I kind of, you know, went to football because it was easier on my arms. Right. And I'm like, oh, hey, I can go play this. Uh, you know, I can play in the offense. Uh, you know, I can kind of play pitter-patter. That's kind of how I describe the offense, right? It's like we played in we played in a five, four or five wide shotgun. Uh, you know, you, there's not much blocking. We'll say that. Right, 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 right. It's it, it's it's you're running and gunning, and uh, you know I didn't get a lot of playing time, and you you know you could tell that I was hurt, right? Um, so that kind of messed up my you know what I wanted to do, uh, but that's okay because it led me to where I'm at, where I am now. So I think the similarities are. When you're in like when you're in sports, the you know the the coach casts that vision. The same things in relationships and finances, and when someone's really takes a financial invested interest versus an emotional invested interest in you, they're casting that vision for you. But then the difference is is you don't really get to morph that you know as sport. You're like, well, I really want to morph into my position this way. And the coach is like, well, I, I've drawn the game plan. This is it. This is it. This is it. Right. Whereas, you know, more of, you know, your kind of fundamental coach, your, you know, performance coach per se, right. They're over there. They draw up the game plan, but they kind of, you know, you've got to customize it for yourself, what works and what doesn't. Um, you've got to be accountable to yourself. You've got to develop some habits. Uh, you know, you have to develop your own clarity. They can only take you so far. Right. right? Be, but, the difference is, is like, Hey, in sports, you know, the coach is calling the play almost every single time. If you're really, really good, the coach allows you to kind of, you know, have your own, you know, sense of ownership there. But that's, I mean, that doesn't happen on every team. Right. right. You know what I mean? That that's few, that's few and far between. I mean, we had, we had an amazing team uh, at Highland Park football and we had great people come through there like Matthew Stafford and Clayton Kershaw and I don't know if you knew that, Bruce, but anyways, it was great. Like, and we had a great system, but they're not out there letting them, uh, not, they're not out there letting them call the plays. They're still calling the plays. Yeah. yeah. Right. Whereas the performance coach and the co- and the people I've been working with the past five, six years, 
I call them plays. Right, right. They just set the game plan. Yeah. And uh, you talked about habits. Um, that's something that kind of stuck out to me. So, like, what type of habits on your journey um, did you create for yourself to, you know, get to where you are now, the successful state that you're in now? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, I think that's a good question. And a lot of those habits I developed when I was actually waiting tables. And I think you have to, right? Otherwise you kind of get stuck and you get stuck in this, Hey, like I got to figure it out because, you know, I'm pulling double shifts six times a week, four, four or five times a week. I got to get out of this. So in your free time, I mean, what, like I'm working, I get up, I, you know, I go in at like 1030. I set up, we start at 11, we go from 11 to uh, lunch shift. And then, you know, you kind of get a little bit of a break and then you get come back and you got to come back at four. You got to set up for dinner. Dinner starts at five. People are sat at five 30. Like you go from five 30. And if you're the closer, you're there till 11 30, 12, 12 30, you get home and now you get to eat dinner. Right. I got to walk my dogs. Um, I get to bed at two, 3 AM because, Hey, I've got to, I've got to do other things in between. So I learned, I'm like, Hey, like on my lunch break or, when I'm there setting up, I've got headphones in, I'm listening to something positive, right? That's related to the things that I want to accomplish. Positivity, health, you know, wealth, like health, whatever it is for you, you've got to find somebody, like find some time to do it. Like you can find the time. People that say like, yeah, I, I don't have the time to do that. It's BS. Right. Right. Because Absolutely. if I can, if I can set up my job and have headphones in like, okay, maybe they don't want me to have two headphones in. I'll just put one. I can still hear out here, but I'm focused here. Yeah. Right. Or on my break, I started reading. So I did some very simple things. I listened to at least one thing a day, which ended up turning to like two, three. I got addicted to it because you're like, I'm putting in so much good in. There was nothing negative that could come in my body because I wasn't even paying attention. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to watch the TV. I'm not going to watch the news. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to listen to this type of music anymore because it's like, everything affects your brain, your, your brain wave, uh, your brain, your brain length, whatever, your brain waves. I'm clearly, yeah, I'm clearly struggling with my brain currently. <laughs> right. And that's from all the years that I do, you know, did all the other stuff, Right. <laughs> you know, but that's, but, but that's the thing you've got to, def- you've got to define a few different habits. Like, Hey, I'm going to do that. Or, hey, I, you know, I'm going to read for 15 minutes a day. Like, bro, all you got to do is read 15 minutes. Yeah. That's it. Like, I had a conversation with somebody uh, when I was interviewing. I interviewed like 45 times before I get to Microsoft. Jesus. You know, nobody wanted me. You know why? Because I was a waiter. Nobody, right. they're like, oh, you can't do, you know, you can't do anything. <clears throat> like, you suck. Like, you and I'm like, hey, my communication skills and developing on personality types in dealing with different situations in an instant, Hey, I've got crying kids. I got to bring out all these ice creams and desserts and birthdays and Hey, we're out of this. Or I, you know, I, I undercook something, right? It's like, I've got to be the mediator. It's not, it's not easy. If, if somebody's listening to this, that's young and hasn't waited tables, go wait tables. Cause you'll learn how to actually make some, you know, make some money and you'll learn a lot about people in their character too. Mm. right it's like you treat people right they'll treat you right right you treat people like Whoa. shit that's that's how that that that's going to be reflected on the receipt yeah, yeah. absolutely you know? that's a bar. definitely that's a bar. <laughs> hey i'm gonna bounce back real quick um just so we can 
touch on this at a, at a little deeper level um, for people who may not know what exactly it is. You talked about two different types of investments that people can have. You had the financial investment and then you also had the emotional investment. So for anybody who's listening and, you know, we, we, we try to get, you know, young athletes or, you know, any athletes because we try to relate it to sports as much as possible, but you being on the outside and being an athlete and understanding people as well, Elaborate a little bit more about like the financial investment versus the emotional investment. Yeah, I mean, it, it'll be very, really simple. And I think Alabama is a great example here. Uh, you know, let's just say your mom is a, is a Gator fan and the emotional investment that she's had in your life, she, her opinion, right, for you of, the, her, of your best interest is for you to go play for Florida. Right. But the financial investment that Nick Saban knows he's going to have on your life because how many people are going in the first round in the second right. round, if you are that good and he knows that he's saying, you need to come here and don't even think about anything else. You're, you're going to sit on the bench for a few years and you're going to learn. And that's what happens in life. Anyways, you're sitting on the bench when you're in an entry level job learning, then you level up, right? Then you get put in the starting position. So if I'm young and I'm an athlete, I'm saying, hey, mom, hey, dad, I love you to death. Uh, but you've got to put it through your own filter of, hey, like, is this the right decision for me? And 99% of the time, it's out of love, right? But it might not be the right thing that you need to go with. So you need to find someone who's where in life you want to be and really look towards that advice, but always put it through your own filtration system and put it through your body and be like, does this make sense? Does this align with my value system? Um, you know, yes or no, is it going to get me to my overall outcome? Yeah. And the people that tell me what's actually going to get me there, those are the people that have a financially invested interest in me. Yeah. Cause they're, cause they're going to lose money over time. If you know, you don't pan out, so to speak, like, like yeah. going back, going back to the football example, if, if Nick Saban recruits me and I'm, I'm to go play football and I don't do my job, well, it's a chance that he's going to lose his job. Absolutely. You know, so he he going he going to look a little bit deeper at me before he's just like, "Hey, you're a good football player." But you know, my family has been telling me that I'm I've been shit since, you know, since 4 years old just because I was always faster than everybody or something like that. So, hence, what, yeah, I mean, what, what you think about that, coach Mike? Hence the transfer uh the transfer portal. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I hate that. That's, that's all it is. That's all it is. I mean, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, it's bars everywhere. Those are facts everywhere that, that you guys are dropping. I mean, it's like in my situation, like with me, um, after high school, I had to make a decision if I wanted to basically either take over my father's business, right. Or, or pursue a dream of basketball. Right. So, um, my parents sat me down and was like, we know that you feel obligated to do this because I've worked for my dad for 30, since I was 10 years old or whatever. My dad's a contractor and architect. And, uh, I had this opportunity to go overseas and play basketball and financially that was, 
that was the best thing for my family at that time. You know what I'm saying? Like, and for myself, you know, and, you know, it was a love and everything I had, but like, I felt emotionally obligated to stay at home and work with my dad and do the things that, 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 you know, I thought need to be done, but me and my parents sat down and we made that decision. And I think it was one of the best decisions I ever made. I think it was one of the best decisions I ever made. Well, I mean, and, and then I think about it too, like how many parents are really going to make that decision for their child? Like really, like really thinking about that unless, you know, unless you, your child is Julio Jones, <laughs> yeah, you know, or Aaron Donald, Facts. you know what I'm saying? But even with like the, the parents who got like that, like that, Damian Little parents, just I'm just gonna throw it out there. Damian Little was a two-star recruit. You know, like, do you really tell him like, hey, you know, hey, hey son, you know, I believe you in basketball, but you know, I, I don't believe that in 10 years you're gonna be shooting threes from the logo at 48%. You you know, like that that's a huge, yes, it's an emotional investment because. You know, I'm your I'm your dad, but it's still at the same time. It's like financially, what you gonna do? So, um, but going back to Tanner, uh, Tanner, I just wanted to to ask you real quick. Um, I'm 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 gonna dive a little bit deeper into your life and into your background. Don't go um, too far. We we talked about your. Don't go I'm, too far. We gotta. No 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 no. That's you say nah. that stuff for Joe Rogan, man. <laughs> right. Hey, I love Joe Rogan podcast. By the way, shout out to him. I hope he gets to hear this one day, and uh, and he can give us a shout out back. But you know, you we talked about some of your habits that that you've built, and um, you know, uh, one habit that real quick, one habit that if you could give to a young athlete to keep them in the sports realm, what would that habit be? And do you feel like your upbringing is what helped you dedicate yourself to the grind to get you where you are today? Okay. So let me, let me make sure I have this correct. So give one habit to young athletes. Yeah, I'm, just one. I just that, want, I just wanted to throw, throw a wrench at you. That I'm doing now or that I used coming back up. So you can give a habit to an athlete that you feel, I mean, it could be now or, you know, something you do now or something that helped you get to where you are now, it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, and there, I mean, look, there's so many, right? Um, I think well, let's I do think, this. Let's do five. Let's do five. That's a lot. Just, oh, oh, so so one to five is a lot. What, what about what about three? We'll, we'll uh, in the middle. Yeah, I mean, I'll give I'll, I'll give you three. Um, you know, I, I think everything starts with, and I get, I, you know, how I get coached and, you know, a, a mentor of mine in life always says, you know, you want to have a dream attitude and work ethic. Uh, and without those three things, there are, there are, there are no pillars for success for you, right? There are none because you're going to, you're going to stay very comfortable. So for my first habit would say, get uncomfortable. And what does that really look like? And how is that a habit? Uh, it's a habit because you choose to make it a habit every day. I'm going to get one more rep. I'm going to do one more sprint, you know, more than the next person. You know, you're, you're looking at a guy who, uh, you know, I, I wasn't the starter. I had to work my butt off. I, I still wasn't the starter. Right. And, you know, but I was 
faster than people. I could right. jump higher than people. I was stronger than people. And I, I was at practice. I caught more balls. I did all these other things because I knew that's what I had to do to create. I didn't know this, you know, I was creating success habits for my life. I just thought I was trying to get on the field. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, but those things, those things, it, it'll happen in everything. So I think as an athlete, things that I would look back today is, you know, when I wake up and what I say to myself now, and I wish I said it myself as an athlete is what do I want to be today? Mm, right. So yeah. deciding what you want to be today before you even start the day, because if you start the day and you're like, Oh, you know, just gonna go through life and just chill. And you know, school's gonna be cool. Like decide what you want to be, uh, decide how you want to interact with other people, figure out the skills you want to develop, uh, and then figure out, figure out how you can serve with excellence, right? Whether that's your community, your team, your family, uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to all be about, you know, business and everything. It's how can I serve anywhere, anyone that I come in, you know, in touch with because, you know, that's just not seen in today's world, right? There's few and far between what people are doing right by people. And there's yeah, few organizations that are, you know, are living by those things. Like people talk about culture and values, but if you can create your own culture for yourself, your friends and your people around you will notice and you will excel in every area. Yeah. You might look like a nerd. Yeah. You might, you know, maybe like, oh, why are you being nice? Like, you know, whatever. Just continue to have that habit of just, you know, having some empathy for people and just being grateful that, you know, hey, you're in the position that you're in because it can always be worse. Yeah. Or, okay. I think that was a lot more than, you know, habits. And those weren't really. I mean, that's cool. Hey, I'm I'm taking notes. Like, for real. I'm here taking notes because like I said, me and coach are me, we're we're coaches and we're gonna share it. Like we're sharing yeah. this information. Yeah. So we're sharing it with the world, but we're also gonna share it with our personal teams and you know, any athletes that we come in contact with. So do it. We, we love it. Like we, we're enjoying the knowledge. And you know, so so that, you, that, what, that's what a, that? I was going to say that separates you two from a lot of other coaches though, because you care at a deeper level more than just sports. Yes. Right? And that's what, the, that, that's what defines a coach for me is yeah. My coaches like in, in high school were great at what they were teaching, but nobody was like, Hey, how's everything at the, how's everything at the house? Right. Right. How, how's your relationship with your parents? You know, it's like, that's the stuff that truly matters. And that's when you actually get the most of your players. Absolutely. Yep. That's when you get the ones who are, who are run through the brick wall for you. Yep. <laughs> so, so your up uh, your you know your life and your background. This is what I mean by diving a little bit into it. You know your upbringing. You know how yep. you were raised in in the home. Do you feel like that played a part into your mindset of how you grind today? Oh, absolutely. Um, and not necessarily like where I come from. Uh, because the end result of, you know, kind of the area that I grew up in was not like where we started. Um, it's just all that I remember because that's what my, that's what my dad had created. I come from a broken home. Uh, like, you know, like, I don't, I don't even know what the percentage is now. Right. Like a lot of, like a lot of people and it's tough. And I went, I went week with my dad, week with my mom, week with my dad. I went back and forth and it's very taxing and I would never, I would never wish that upon my family. 
I would never, you know, I never got in this relationship with my wife thinking like, Hey, this is going to be my kid's life. I would, you know, wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. So I think my upbringing was really unique in that aspect is because I had to diversify and differentiate, Hey, what's the difference between this broken home and then one of my best friend's house. It's like, Hey, this is the relationship that I want. Right. It's like, they're together. It's like, there's a reason I'm always going to this house. I was going to this house because this is how I want my family to be, but I didn't have that. Absolutely. Uh, so my dad, I mean, my dad was a financial advisor, came from a really small town. I think he graduated with like 30 people in East Texas. Oh, you know? And with 30 people, I mean, man, you're the all-star of everything. Yeah. yeah. He, was, he was the quarterback. He was the middle linebacker. He was track team, basketball star, like, you know, you name it. He was a great athlete, yeah. a lot taller than me. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> but I definitely think that that made a difference because, you know, I didn't see him a lot growing up and I don't, I don't put that across on him because I realized that now it's like, it was to create a life that he wanted. And I had this conversation actually yesterday and he was explaining to Shauna, who's my wife, um, that he wanted to actually show me what is possible. So he worked his butt off and he was a great, a great financial advisor. He worked for Ameriprise financially, he's still there. Um, and then in 2008, 2009, when everyone was kind of in a, in, in a little bit of recession, right? Because the real estate burst, he got a promotion. He didn't get, you know, he didn't get downgraded. They got promoted. Uh, and so then he was at the VP level. He switched over to corporate. Uh, and then ever since then, that's really, dude, that's really all I remember is yeah. after 2007 on is because, hey, he's created such a great life now of things that we can do and time that he can spend. And he still travels and works and, you know, does all this. But everything before that was the buildup. Yeah. But all people see is the end result. Right, right, so right. I remember going to like meetings every Friday, like my dad, you know, my dad would be in there like coaching people, leading people like that are other advisors, like writing down all their numbers, figuring out what they needed to do to get to where they wanted to be. I remember being in there and I always wrote my name on the board and I always smoked everybody's numbers, you know, yeah. every single week. But he does I not need that literally people. I watched, <laughs> I watched him um, do that. And I watched his up, you know, his, his come up, right. Yeah. And he earned it and he earned time with me because in a broken family right obviously time is split he worked his butt off moved to an area that was super super sought after and had a great school system uh you know but right, right. um yeah i mean it started on the school I, system. I clearly didn't learn anything it's a great school <laughs> it's safe you know whatever um but he but he wanted to put that in you know in my life so that i could have i could see how what success looks like really from a financial standpoint, because everybody that lives in the area that I'm from, I mean, dude, these houses are massive. That's the kind of area that I went to high school in. I wasn't always in that area. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I definitely think my upbringing had an effect, but more specifically, it was my dad, um, you know, because you watch the hard work, you watch the things that need to be done to get to what, where you want. Uh, and I had the option to kind of skate off that. Yeah. I did not do that. Uh, I went to an interview for my dad's company and I was just sitting there and they asked a couple of questions and it was, it was all about my dad. Mm. And I'm sitting there like, 
Nah. This ain't it. Yeah, this ain't it. This you know what it. I did? I could right. So I could have just skated on in. I went to go wait tables at a mall. There you go. Because I didn't know what I was gonna do. Uh, you know, for my, for my quote unquote income, right. I was, you know, I was working on developing some e-commerce businesses for myself, along with some business partners, uh, you know, and developing that for myself on the entrepreneur route. I've always been interested. That was kind of what I saw with my dad, right. The old entrepreneurs really, yeah. really was a hey, developing a financial advising business. Uh, obviously it's changing now, right. Uh, you know, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I, I waited tables and did that for a little bit and through connections and actually through what I said in the beginning, I opened a door for somebody to meet the people that I knew. And this person who's actually in my house right now in the other room, he opened the door for me to go where? To interview at Microsoft. Yeah. And so that, that was a pivotal moment because it's like, hey, like, I have, I have found my own path. I have made my own path. I went from waiting waiting tables at the mall to semi-fine dining at a place underground uh, where I, you know, I quit and told the manager that he sucked. And that's why the performance of the restaurant sucked. Um, you know, and I, and I could go into a lot more detail, but somebody called me from that restaurant and said, hey, kid, you've got some balls. He said, go to this restaurant and say my name. So I went to that restaurant was a top three restaurant in, in Dallas at the time. I think it's in the top five, Albernays and Oakland. You know, I'm the plug for the steaks and the fish. Um, <laughs> okay. And I waited tables for the Dallas Stars and the Mavericks. And, uh, you know, Rick Carlisle would come in and like all these, all these big name people, Justin Timberlake, like I could name drop all night for the types of people that come into this restaurant. And I was waiting tables for a year and a half. And there's people in there for 20 years. And I, and I, and I, I got in there. So I was yeah. making, I was making great money. That's dope. A lot of great connections opened, open, open, you know, had some doors open, opened some doors for friends of mine. And because I did that, the 48 interviews that I had done before and the coaching from people that were, you know, really where I want to be in life, which is, you know, people I highly respect, um, that set me up to get the job in, in the room Definitely. at Microsoft. Right. And I was almost in tears. Like the guy's like, Hey, we don't look at resumes. Right. My resume everywhere I went was like, Hey, um, waiter, 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 yeah, waiter, waiter. You, you don't know what yeah. you're doing. This yeah. guy didn't look at my resume. He was my boss's boss. And I, you know, I didn't know that I went in there in a full suit and tie, you know, to a tech company that was wearing t-shirts and shorts. Um, you know, and he was like, Hey, I heard you had a really interesting resume and I would have never, put you in the situation that you were in i would have never guessed that you were the one that out of everybody that was waiting tables yeah right so i wasn't judged right so yeah, judgment yeah, yeah. happened judgment yeah, yeah. judgment happens everywhere no matter who you are Correct. and and that's just the reality and i think that's what people need to understand and, and it also happens as an athlete right you just when, need that opportunity yeah when you're when your parents when, when your parents aren't all in school and they're not trying to influence the coaches like, oh, all of a sudden, like, I'm not, I'm not good enough, right? Mm -hmm. Because my parents yeah. don't want to be involved because I have to go out there and earn it. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or my parents are both professional athletes, so I should automatically be good. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, we always like run into that. Um, <laughs> I think me and Tanner have more in common than, uh, than what you think, Bruce. Oh. So, 
it's all good. Because like, when you talk about his upbringing, man, like, and you talking about his dad, you know, I obviously thought about my dad. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's kind of crazy because, like, I resonate with your story a lot just because Correct. of that. Because my dad, like, I wasn't, I wasn't a part of a broken home, but, like, I probably saw – I didn't see my dad on a regular basis until I was probably – 15 because my dad just worked all the time you know what i'm saying like he worked all the time like he would miss games he'll come in like with three minutes left in the game you know what i'm saying like stuff like that like it and being a kid you know growing up and you seeing that like you know that shit hurt man you're like damn i didn't even i bro i didn't even touch on that i remember that (laughs) yeah you know it's 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 like damn bro like you ain't coming to my games, man. Like, you know, it hurts. You feel me? And then my mom always just tell me, like, your dad's at work, this, whatever. And then when, as I got older, it's like he was showing me the grind. Like, this is what you want. This is the type of house you want to live in. This type of car you want to drive. This this is what you want to have. This is how you have to do it. Like, you got to grind. You got to go out here and do it. And I think that, like, yeah, like, your whole story kind of resonated with me with that because – I sat there and saw my dad like bust his ass for years, yep. just grinding and grinding and grinding, and then breaking through and having his own business and everything like that. And Bruce being able to work for my dad <laughs> a couple of times, you know, yeah. so it's just like it's it, it show it show it shows you the way, it shows you the path, and uh, I, I, th- I think it's important for kids to see at a young age. It, it's you- definitely it's definitely important for them to see. Yeah. Um, I saw it I saw it differently. I saw it through my grandparents. That's who I grew up with. Uh, my grandfather was a, a cruise ship head chef. So he was always gone. Like when I say I ain't seen my granddad for six months, like he would be in Hawaii somewhere on a cruise ship cooking. And I saw mm-hmm. my grandmother. So the same way y'all saw y'all's dad is how I saw my grandma. My grandma was grinding, handling the bills. She was like a daycare worker at the time while my grandfather was sending money back from the cruise ships and stuff like that. So I saw the grind through her. I mean, it was different because it wasn't the father figure, you know, but I still got to see an adult, you know, basically busting their ass for the things that they wanted. But nowadays that has shifted so much outside of sports. Yeah. So when it's outside of sports, it's like, you have to have more knowledge nowadays because there's just smarter ways to do it. You know, the old school working 40 hours a week, I hate to tell you anybody out there, it does not work. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you already knew that or not. It it don't work. Um, In our society nowadays, I mean, you got people literally deciding not to go to work because of the pandemic and unemployment because they will make more than going to work 40 hours a week. So you're not going to convince me that 40 hours a week is where it's at when people rolling over every day and, you know, making more money than some of these people. That's true. So so athletes wise, you know, athletics, you know, a lot of the athletic grind is going to be internal, in my opinion. A A lot of it is internal. Like Tanner, like you said, you had a, you had a torn labrum and you made a decision. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do football because I'm trying to stay healthy as well. Yep. But I'm going to bust my ass too. I may not start. I may not get the, you know, I didn't start in college. Coach told me I was too small, you know, but 
I still shot 500 to a thousand jump shots a day. Right. Yeah, it, it doesn't have, it doesn't have to stop you. You don't have, you right. know, it, it's not injuring you to keep going. Absolutely not. And that's what, that's what I feel like, you know, to add to our habit list, you know, that's going to be part of it, that consistency of just going in every day, getting it done and, and doing it over and over again. I know we read this book, Tanner, uh, the compound effect. Yep. You know, that's, that's basically what that is. You know, yeah, just keep, just keep, just keep showing up. Keep doing it. Even if, even man, if you're, if you're fourth on the list right now, that's the best place to be. Cause the only place you can go up is up. Yeah. And you have no pressure. Right. And you're going and you're gunning for that, you know, guy in, in the, in the first spot and you can go up to, you know, you can go up to him and just say, Hey, I'm coming for your spot. Yeah. And it'll, be, it'll be some healthy competition for sure. And, you know, I'll probably shrug off and laugh. And then, you know, when you bulk up and you kind of get into, you know, your, your real form of what you're going to be, it's like, you might surprise them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and I feel like I did that in a lot of ways in college, even though I didn't start, I was always pushing the first two strings to, Hey, if you don't know, like I would literally, sometimes we was on scout I, oh, would, man. I would help them because they didn't know the plays. You better than me. You know, I, I would help because look, because first of all, you better than me. My I knew for a fact. And this is when I knew my coach wasn't gonna play me. We, we I, I'll never forget. We were playing Ogathorpe, and they have a point guard my size. He's just a little bit thicker. And he 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 dropped us off, basically. He had like 20 points. He had like 12 rebounds, like 11 assists. Mm-hmm. And one time we come down, um, we shoot, we miss, they come down, and he shoots it, gets his own rebound, and get a putback. Coach turns on the sideline, hands on his head, shaking his head. That is the same thing Pears does at practice. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there like, Put me in the game, bro. Yeah, like, let's go. This is my time. Like, if you think he's doing this, why can't I do it for us? Yeah. If I'm doing it at practice, why won't you let me do it in the game, you know? So I knew then, all right, Bruce, your playing time is not going to be very much. You you know, but I didn't stop working. I kept busting their ass at practice. You know, I, I wanted to make the team as good as – I could make the team from what I could do. You know, that that was the only thing that I can do. And I know some kids are going to listen to this, oh, coach, you suck, and oh, coach, you're not good enough, and all of that stuff. You, Line it you up. might be right. I understand. Line it up. Yeah, let's go. I, I'm ready. But, <laughs> well, hey, think about this. If, if, if they're saying, oh, you weren't good enough, well, how are they going to get good because you're the one coaching them? Exactly. So, and I, I mean, I played college basketball. I ran collegiate track. I did two sports and at the college level. Like, I know that's harder at the Division One level, but how many people can really say they played two sports in college, too? It's true. Minimum. You, you, true. Very, very minimum. So, minimum. Like, like, for those kids who are listening, like, like Tanner said, it doesn't matter if you're first or fourth. Like, keep getting better at your position. We see it all the time. These kids are great in the sixth and seventh grade. And then by the time it's 11th and 12th grade, they're nowhere to be found. We have, they we, stop have, working. 
we had some guys like that. You're like, man, this guy's going to be somebody. And be like, they quit. Yeah. They quit. They stop working. They go get with the wrong crowd. Yeah. They want to be somebody that they're not. Like, yeah, too. yeah like you, you cannot, you cannot do that at all. So, um, but hopping back in, you know, what, what is your true definition of success? Like, like, what does that look like to you? Does that mean being wealthy? And, and by wealthy, I mean, you know, having that financial freedom and that time freedom. You know, does that mean breaking like generational curses that, that your, your family may have instilled, quote unquote? You know, what does success mean to you? Uh, you know, I think it changed over time. I, you know, I always joke with people that, you know, I've got a Bruce Wayne mindset, right? He is uh, the Batman. Yeah. And it, <laughs> well, you know what? And that's kind of why I collect the Batman stuff is because it really relates to me. Here's a guy who's, you know, um, you know, he's a billionaire. He's a philanthropist. He helps the accommodate person, but he does it all behind a mask, right? Because he yeah. doesn't want people to know who he is he just wants to do it just to do it he's not doing it for the credit he's not doing it for the right. gram right, right. Not, he doesn't want people to know he's just doing it because that's what he thinks that he needs to be doing and if that's his purpose that's his purpose right so that's a position i really want to be in but you have to realize that the ceos of the world are not living that life because everything they, they do is for the recognition so what do you are, are you going to surround yourself with people that you know, are very successful that don't have a social media presence that are making real waves. And you're like, like, Oh, this person did this. Right. You know? Um, but success to me, I mean, it, you know, it's very simple. It's, I want to leave one family, one person better than I found them. Right. And I think it's as simple as that. Like you, when I grew up, I mean, man, I was all about the money. I was like, yeah, money's great. But you know what? Um, it doesn't fix anything. It brings more problems. Um, with more money comes more expenses. And if you can't manage a hundred dollars, you're not going to manage a million. Right. Uh, and if you're not financially literate, get financially literate. And if you don't know what that means, look it up. It means you, be, it means you need to be educated on finances because if you are one of these athletes that make it, they're going to be coming for your head. And they're going to rip you out from your knees and they're going to take 30% before you can even say, I made it. Right. So if you know how to do it yourself and you surround yourself with the right people, you could save yourself a bunch of money and it can actually last. Um, and that's, if that, that was a passion of mine for a while is uh, to start a, you know, an, an advisor company of my own, uh, like a true fiduciary firm and actually, you know, just educate athletes right yeah because yeah, yeah i had a lot of friends in college that i'm you know i'm still connected with that went to the league and i don't have any more money yeah they're doing something else because they you know the nfl someone said it's not for long <laughs> All right yep. and and that's the reality so um that's what success means to me it just means hey am, am i going to help more people um you know, in my lifetime than people that helped me. Mm. Yeah. Coach Mike, what, what, what success mean to you? Uh, man. <laughs> well, once upon a time, kind of like what Tanner said, it was about this bread, <laughs> you know, <laughs> said, how many binges can I have by the time I'm 30? <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> like, 
that's what it was. But like now, I mean, is to me is putting my family first, being able to to help my parents, buy my mom and dad a new home, things like that. Um, I've always been big on family. Um, for a long time, like I said, I was like, I'm not gonna be like my dad and like miss out on like my kids stuff and things like that. But uh, understand, understand the grind now and everything like that is, I wanna be able to put my family, my extended family and my immediate family in generational wealth, you know? That's what that's what I want. That's what success is to me, to be able to my children's 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 kids are taken care of. So um, that's what it is to me, man. I mean, I'm working on it now. You know what I'm saying? And what he was saying about doing things for the gram. Like I was thinking about it today. Like I'm very humble. And Bruce, you know, everything I got going on. You yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? I don't talk about any of it. You know, I just, yeah, you just, do just it. doing it. You know, I'm just doing it, right? And but I do think some stuff does need to be posted, and I do need to talk about some things because I think it it provides like not envy, but like it it provides uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, clarity. What you say? Clarity. Yeah, clarity. That's the word. Yeah, clarity for. For people like, oh well, Mike's doing this shit. Why can't I? You know what I'm saying? Inspiration. You know what I'm saying? Like Darren, Darren, you Darren's a good friend of ours. Darren does a good job with his, uh, with his power washing business. He has the number one power washing business in Mobile, right? Um, he does. I mean, he started from the ground up. He had a. I remember when he was working at Sherwin Williams in a Honda Accord. He had he had a, he had the generator in the trunk. He had a he had a pressure washer about the size of Mike microphone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, really got it out the mud, man. And he posted. I'm like, man, like I love it. You know what I'm saying? But like to me, like me, I'm just a very humble person, and it's hard for me to do. But I want to create that generational wealth for my family and uh, move on from there. What about you? It's it's definitely a combination of what y'all said. So I don't want to repeat that. And, you know, I'm going to go further on the family side of it. I'm a big family person, too. Um, Tanner has brought up that he has a wife and a son. Like, that is something that's success for me because I didn't have that growing up, personally. So, yes, that's kind of me, you know, breaking a quote-unquote generational curse. But that's me being successful. First of all, as a young Black man, young Black families are broken up all the time. Okay, Uh, for those of you who are not watching, Tanner is a young white man, and he was talking about his family being split up. You don't hear about that a lot unless you're friends with these people, you know. So, you know, and then with Mike, Mike, you know, young uh, little Mike is a, a, a black guy and his parents were together. You know, so these are things you don't hear about a lot. But in my situation, you know, my parents weren't together. I grew up with my grandparents. So me having that family structural foundation is huge to me. Um, yes, I want to have that wealth where I can be financially free, spend time with my family, as Tanner has talked about spending time with his son. So has little Mike, uh, Coach Mike. Sorry, that's that's what I call him. But, uh, you know, that's just something that I look at and I say that's success, you know, 
I want to make it to my children's games. You know, if I can't make it to 100% of them, let it be above 75, 80%. You know, I don't want to be the dad who made it to the, the first game and then you don't see me for the rest of the season. You know, when it comes to finances, no, I don't, I don't want to spoil my children in the way that they feel like they can have everything that they want. But I do want to spoil them to have the nicer things in life. And then I can teach them, hey, you know, be, be, uh, be thankful for this. Be grateful for this because everybody doesn't have this opportunity. You know, so, so I believe that success will be, you know, stuff that I can also pass down to my children. Uh, and my and to my family, and that includes the things that that both of y'all have have spoken on. So I didn't want to reiterate that, but I did want to speak on just a more deeper family structure because I, I do feel like that's important. And Tanner, you're building that, and you know I, I know Shauna, and, well, and I love we, her to death. We were very non-traditional, man. Uh, look, Shauna got pregnant before we were married. Uh, what was really funny is I did the exact same thing my dad did. My yeah. dad was. Uh, my dad was 24 or my, my mom was 24. My dad was 26. Uh, they got, you know, pregnant for, they were married. They got married in Hawaii. Uh, Shauna was 24. I was 26. <laughs> pregnant for, we married, got Damn. married, married in Hawaii. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um, you know, it's literally, we, we wrote the same thing, but how are you going to make it different? Right. Cause there's five divorces in between the two of us and we've got to develop some sweat equity in our relationship yes it, we get counseling bro like we have two counselors my pastor and then we have one that we actually pay one is for spiritual the other one is for marriage like you we split the two up it's not that we combine it all together like these resources are out there like you're not less of a man because right. you're the best person you can be inside the house but everybody's like, oh, like that's that's for the birds. Like BS. That's why you have a crappy relationship, and that's probably why you don't sleep in the same bed every day. Mm. Right. Mm. And that's and that's also probably oh. a reason why people are. Uh, did you say? Else. Did you say sweat equity? Yes. Yeah, you got to develop some sweat equity. Hey, like that's that. a good one. I like that's a bar. I like yeah. that. I like that. I like nugget. That. Right. Right. <laughs> so. So explain sweat equity real quick, so so people won't be like, "What is that?" Uh, well, I mean, if you don't know what equity means, I mean, equity is just having, um, you know, having an abundance of something in something, right? So, like, hey, I have some equity in my house, per se, or I have some equity, uh, you know, in in the socks or whatever you want to call it, right? I have equity, right. in it. but sweat equity is like, hey, like I put in that hard work. And I've got that, right? Because that's built inside me and it's been built up for a long time, but you can diversify where you put it. It doesn't have to be like, hey, I, I've got sweat equity on the court. Right. I've got sweat equity in the school. I've got sweat equity, you know, and it's just doing the hard work and getting there. It's, it's having the right attitude, having the right work ethic. Uh, and, and, you, and you'll develop it. If you have sweat equity, you know you have. Yeah, like, right. And you know you have it because you don't flaunt it, and the guys that flaunt it think they have it, and they don't know how to spell it. Mm. That's real bars, bars. Yeah. All right. That I like that. I like that. All right. So some quick hitters for you, Tanner, before we go. All right. All right. So we got a round table dinner. Is you and four people. Who you bring you dead or alive? 
Who's the four? Me and four people. Yep, dead or alive. Round table dinner. You know, you got some good steak. All right, but, but, but hold up. Before before he answers this, we understand that your wife will be there as well. So don't don't include nah, her. No, nah. yeah. <laughs> y'all y'all are y'all are one. Y'all yeah, are one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> four people. Who am I gonna Who am I gonna have dinner with? Uh, one is I and and you know. Love, love this guy to death. Wish I would have met him. Definitely Kobe Bryant. Mm. Oh, uh, that's number one. I got to listen to some backdoor speeches, um, you know, by him to different universities. Uh, just through friends I know, they sent him over to me. Definitely was not supposed to have those, but I have them. Uh, you know, hit me up. Uh, <laughs> second person, um, you know. To be honest, it's probably someone like a Steve Jobs, okay. right? I understand how people felt about him, but the, to have uh, that kind of drive and I believe that sweat equity he didn't treat people the same, you know, as you should treat people. Um, you know, th that's just what the stories were, right? I wouldn't know. Um, that's that's who I'd have at the table because I'd want to learn about that. Uh, to be honest, I really want to have I really want to have dinner with Gary Vee. Ooh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a good because one. I think that he's the empathy king. Uh, I think that he really understands the people that he's impacting, which are millions, and he's very, very strategic and careful about the people that, uh, you know, uh, about everything that he says, right? He, he, he says everything with meaning, and he's a little bit colorful with his language, but that's because he can, and that's because that's how he is, and he's himself, right? right? Uh, and the third person will be uh, Tony P. Uh, yeah. which is a mentor of mine, uh, you, know, you know, the guy is, I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to describe him. He's the guy that you want to be around. Uh, he, he, he's got the family life. He works on his relationships. He gives back to others. He's very selfless. He's a selfless leader, um, you know, and he leads thousands of people in the right direction when it comes to their livelihood. Uh, he recently fought off cancer, like, this is a guy that goes to bat for people like myself. That was 21, 22. Um, you know, and just a little story when I first met, you know, when I first met this guy, um, you know, I was in a friend's apartment and I was, I literally just sat on the floor, like, and he's putting on his shoes and he's like, Hey, you have a girlfriend. And at the time I did, and I was like, yeah. And he goes, he goes, awesome. He goes, well, let me, you know, let me give you some advice. He goes, don't stick it anywhere else. And I just kind of looked at him and I'm like, dude, nobody, nobody has ever told me that. <laughs> I'm 20, I'm 21, I'm 21 years old. I've never been told that one time in my life. <laughs> right? And, but that, but, but I, and, and we laugh about it, but it's true. It's like at that moment, I knew this guy was a, this guy was a good guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to get to know him. And I, you know, and I, he's probably one of the most highly respected people in my life. Damn. Um, you know, and I, I, I go out there and I try to earn hit him and his wife's, you know, respect. Man. Right. And I still have a long way to go, but man, uh, that, that would be my four. So Kobe Bryant on the, on the sheer determination, um, you know, jobs. And, you know, I, I think I could substitute, I could substitute Steve jobs, um, you know, for, a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> right. If I want to, I think to it's a dope list. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with it. I, 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 I know, I know Tony personally as well, so I, I definitely, I definitely respect that one. I, I, honest, just, I might. I don't know I Tony. I just heard his name. I might substitute Jobs for John F. Kennedy, uh, Abe Lincoln, people like that. Mm. Um, people that really, you know, they made a difference, right? It's like, and 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 I say JFK because here's a person that really defined what putting a vision is. It's like, hey, he could have came out and said anything. It's like, hey, in this decade, we're gonna go out on the moon. Right. There's zero, zero chance that, hey, right now we're going to the moon. And people are like, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. yeah. And now it's a race because everybody thinks the U.S. is like, hey, we've already been thinking about this for years. I did it. Yeah. We were, but we were behind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he put that in motion. And so to have that, to have that understanding of what the world needs more of, right, and have that vision and portray that and to be able to be as charismatic and to be uh to be so in a place and there's a lot of people that i you know that are on this list but to be in a place where you're creating a lot of waves to where they have to kill you um that's that's who i'd want at the table so there's a lot of people on that list uh you know that have made waves that have died mm. and that's real that's a good list that's a good list Got yeah, another so. one for you. All right. Uh, can you recommend two books for everybody out there um, to go out, purchase, and read? We know you got plenty. Give <laughs> us two fire ones. Fire books. And, yeah. and, and you said predominantly these guys are younger, right? Uh, we, we, we hope My so. mom and dad listen. My- oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we don't, we don't know. I mean, that's yeah, I really don't our know. target audience, but... We really want anybody to listen. Yeah, we got people. But, but we, we just talk about sports and we give nuggets to those younger than us. Or, I mean, like college athletes or, you know, I, I hope professional athletes will listen. Yeah, so I think um, um, you know, I'm just going to I'm going to go easy, right? I'm going to stick to two, two habit books. I'm going to say Atomic Habits by James Clear. And high performance habits by uh, Brian Bouchard. So you said atomic habits. Atomic habits, and then high performance habits. And if I were high. to, if I were to substitute one, uh, I'd substitute it out for uh, the compound effect. And if and if you're looking for like a financial book, uh, definitely Un- Unshakable by Tony Robbins and Peter Maluk. And that really, to me, that book is really like kind of a, hey, I really don't know anything about finances and I'm kind of starting out. I can read that book and have a good understanding because it's, it's really dumbed down, um, you know, to, to fit the, the level of, hey, I'm just getting started, right? Yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's the basics, but it does go in enough detail where you're like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So we got four. I will. Yeah, we got four. I will. I will. Hey, and, and we're going to, for those of you, I mean, you can rewind it and get the books, but on the Instagram page, we will post these books uh, with the titles and the authors so so that you can see those. Facts. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll do a giveaway. Maybe I'll give away a book. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Ooh. Might do that. All right. Be the first giveaway for Full Time Out <laughs> Podcast. All right. Facts. All right. All right. All right. All right. So last two for you right here. All right. So you are a wide receiver and you get to catch a touchdown pass from any quarterback ever. Who's your pick? 
Tom Brady. Mm. Ah. <laughs> oh, that's um, a good, that's and you a, know what? That's that's a hard choice, right? Because I can really only pick who I've seen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, obviously, you know, Tom Brady's an obvious choice, but I, I would love to catch from a from, you know, maybe the goat, right? He's a goat now, but we there's a lot of players that haven't come yet. And, yeah, and absolutely. In the world, and I, I consider all those people that haven't come. That's true. All yeah. right. All right. Um. So, yeah, definitely Tom Brady. Brady. Tom if Brady. You're looking for like an, uh, for like an older an older QB or he or is just, old or just any QB. Um. Man, you know, I, I really, I'm gonna catch Blackfoot, but I'd really love to catch a bomb from Michael Vick. Straight up. Man. I'd love to. Yeah. I, and, and you know what? Like, I don't want it like a straight up pass. I want him to roll out and <laughs> yeah. on the sideline across yeah. his body and it just gets there and you're like, yeah. oh, I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> he just zipped five down. yards down the field. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I want him to spin around Tony Romo style five times. And <laughs> definitely, definitely. All right, kind of the same type of thing. So you're a shooting guard, and who you want your point guard to be? Who do I want my point guard to be? Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a tough one. Mm. Um, it, it comes down to what type of player you are. Are you yeah. like, are you scoring? Right, because yeah, you, 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 you can't really, you can't really have a, you can't really have a, a, a Kyrie Irving as your point guard if you' trying to get off. You know, hey, hey, he said he's a shooter. But so I, so I am a shooter, but I'm a shooter in the in, in the environment that I'm in. Okay, okay. If I'm in the NBA, I might, I might mold something different. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. But I hey, always JJ, be available. Yeah, be available. You know, if it's there. Um, top point guards. Hmm. You know, uh, just a ma- as a Mavs plug, um, I'd love to. I-, I would love to have Jason Kidd as my point guard. Oh, okay. Ooh. I wasn't ready for that. Oh, I like, I like that. it. That's a good pick. That is a good pick. That's a good pick. I wasn't ready for that one. What did you think I was gonna say, Steve Nash? I did. I, I thought you were gonna say either Steve Nash or Luca, since Luca, you know, is is dominating the league right yeah. now. I kind of thought about it, you know, about the um, but Jay Kidd, that's a, a, a true a true point guard, not like the whole molded like, hey, I'm a kind of a point forward. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to kind of stick to like the true old school point guard. But yeah, I, I was thinking about Nash, and um, I don't know if I'd fit his style. I ain't gonna lie, I might miss Nash pass. That's <laughs> gonna throw it before you cut. Like he on that soccer style. Like yeah. you ain't even cut to the basket and the ball. Like he passes the ball like you're in the NFL. <laughs> I got sweet. a five. I got a five and in. Yeah. And at step four, he throwing the ball. Like <laughs> I ain't even finished my route yet. That's good. That's a good pick. I like. I like. I like. Yeah. That, that was. I a, mean, kid, kid, kids got a lot of game. Yeah. He does. He does. He does. Uh, I would, but. As a as somebody bigger, I'd love to play with dirt. Mm. Oh, just not 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 for any other reason, just to watch. Yeah, I'm like yeah. a guy that I could just stand over there and be like and admire and be like, oh, that was like, oh, like what a yeah. shot that was. Yeah. You know hey, what I mean? Me, I'm gonna tell you it's who else like is like that for me. Huh? What'd you say? I said it's kind of like a LeBron has, right? You can be on the team and you kind of just admire, like, oh man, yeah, this guy's real. Some someone else that that I would fit you know, into that Dirk conversation, it's like Manu Ginobili. 
just because he was so different. He that Spurs, and, hey, that Spurs team was something else. Yeah, they were. Now don't get me wrong. His time, he was for a man. long time. Man, but, man, it was before his time, definitely. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, like you say, Dirk. You you just sit down, you just watch Dirk, and you just like, man, this seven footer really trailing down the court and cool. popping threes. Have you seen Have you seen his documentary? I haven't. Right. Yeah, it's it called um, Nowitzki. Oh, okay, maybe. Um. Anyways, the whole practice of it is basically they designed his shot. Like they had, he had a professor. Like he had a professor, and his shot was designed by math. Kids, kids, like I'm a math teacher. The angle. Ah, you need math in life. Like it was like the angle and the trajectory. Like if you watch it, you're like, there's no way. And then he would just yeah. do it over and over and over. And it's like, he'd, he'd have a better shot. Right. That's why it was so weird. Like he was back, you know, he was way back here leaning because he was so yeah. far away from your arm because arms are only so long. Yeah. That's great. That's why, that. that's why that fadeaway was so deadly. Deadly. Yeah, especially, especially in 2k, you just hit the button. It goes in. Yeah. <laughs> Sex. <laughs> I mean, people. I mean, if I if I was playing two K, I'd purposely run at the sideline and try to fade out of bounds and throw it up and go in. Be like, oh. <laughs> Bruce, cool. I'm, I'm gonna have Bruce, to check out that documentary. Yeah, I got. I need to watch that. I need to watch. Bruce, that. Bruce, who won our two K game? Me or you? Mm. We didn't play two K. Are mm. you sure? Mm. I'm positive. Uh oh. Okay. Shots right, fired. Hey, cause I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Shots fired. On, 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 on 21, I will say this. On 21, I haven't played it a lot. When I've played it, it's been Dame time. That's all I'm going to say. The real MVP. It's been Dame time. Dame, CJ, Carmelo, Yurkic, uh, all of them. Yeah, the real MVP. All of them. So, but Tanner, I want to say thank you. You are coming back. I'm just going to let you know that. <laughs> We're going to figure that out to get you back on here so you can keep dropping nuggets for the kids and, and all of the audience um, that, that's listening in. Once again, we're going to put some notes on our IG page. Uh, we also have a Twitter page. Uh oh. Twitter is at FTO podcast underscore. That's, you know, full time out. FTO podcast underscore. Mm-hmm. And then oh, on IG, we're at Coach Bruce underscore Coach Mike. Follow that. Please follow those. Um, like I said in the in the caption, we will put the books and some of the nuggets that Tanner has graciously dropped for us. We we definitely appreciate it. Um, no, I, I appreciate you guys. Appreciate nah, it. we we thank you more. I promise. <laughs> we, we thank you more. I, I feel like you you've given you know us and our audience some some really really good information. And even me as a friend, like I thank you more for supporting us. And you and your new friendship with we have more in common, so yeah, we we it, is, it is what it is, you know. Any, is. Anything I could do for Mike's podcast, you know, we go with Oh, okay. See, here, here we go. go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> but for the full time out crew, you got Coach Bruce, you got Coach Mike. Thank you, Tanner, once again. Stop the